people. My friends, and welcome to No Normal People. I'm your host, Stephen Henning. And I'm the host of Authors Intent, Dixie Lee Henning. Oh! <laughs> See what I did there? The cross promo. I'm also a host of this show. Absolutely. This one specifically. Name dropping. This is a podcast where we prove that the more you get to know the normal people in your life, you discover that there really are no normal people in your life. But please, capitalize on yep. the time you have available on this show to just veer credit and veer attention yeah to another one um well okay so here's the thing yeah. we got married uh, ooh, and we signed uh, that paperwork and it was like it's true what's yours is mine so mm. it is what's yours is mine and what's mine is mine depends on the interpretation so <laughs> okay the fact that we have a podcast together right means that i can promote whatever the heck i want on here i'm a right? yeah. I'm intentionalist when it comes to marriage licenses mm. and the U.S. Constitution. Yeah, well, not quite all an you have to do is so. uh, write your names in the front Uh-oh. of a Bible and you're married. <laughs> That's actually true in some states, isn't it? I'm pretty sure it is. I really don't want to get into it. Fact check me. Tweet at No People Pod and Stephen G. Henning. Yeah, tweet at Stephen, but don't at me. Tell me how wrong don't. I am about that. Can you don't sign tell your me name in a Bible and just be married? Don't tell me how wrong I am because I'm not. We could get double married. Anyway. And just fill out the... <laughs> <laughs> Back to veering credit. Yeah. Uh, my other show has a new episode out. Yes, and it does. And it will be the last episode that I do of Harry Potter of for Harry Potter. a very right. long time, What's probably. New? What's next? So, next, we are going through the Chronicles of Narnia, starting with The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Absolutely. Because that was the first film adaptation they made yes. from the series yes it is indeed nice. and it's beautiful and c.s lewis isn't racist or sexist or anything so like oh not that i know of There's another jk rowling dig. luckily he's dead so he rowling? can't rowling he's dead so he can't like screw himself up anymore mm. you know yeah she just keeps adding true. stuff onto it yeah she's like uh oh no i'm a turf now <laughs> Anyway. But that's your podcast. Yeah. And I love it. Next episode comes out on the 15th. 15th. Of October. What a beaut. What a beaut. I am in works on the Whiskey Bench podcast. We just finalized the trailer that we're going to use to seed the feed. And next week, our guest is Kat Dwyer. What? One of the three co-hosts of the Whiskey Bench. What? How perfect is how, that? How did we even it's like do that? like we planned that or something. Oh my gorge. We're, we're learning about cross promo. Oh my right? gourd. Okay. Well, oh is that enough about board. us? Does yeah, that feel like enough about us? Enough. Pumpkin gourd. Yeah, oh, pumpkin. See what I did oh, that? It's autumn, isn't it? Sorry. I You're got the distracted. only person in America that says autumn. I so am not. Tweet at me with that info as well, please. I am not the only one that says it's autumn. It's fall, Steven. No. Yeah, this is America. We say fall. Thank you. I call it harvest um, season. Actually, it's sweater weather. Thanks a lot. Look, you call it it's Halloween. pumpkin season. I call it 
Reformation Day. Ew. <laughs> Get out. I'm sorry. What are we even... We're here because I am so excited to talk to my classmate from high school, yeah. Mr. Kyle Melby. Kyle. Oh my gosh. Melby. I, man. Man. <laughs> allow us to indulge in some baseball stories because we uh, definitely do. Gross. And I'm just kidding. So Baseball's good. fine. Oh my gosh. I think nostalgia for the most part is kind of a toxic emotion. Sure. But not when it somehow like... When Kyle tells a story about how good Coach Studner was while he was on the Laurel Dodgers, yeah, it inspires me years after the event. That's the kind of the nostalgia that I think is okay. And Kyle gave that to me so many times while we were talking baseball know. and talking about I don't know high how it's possible, and, but mm. you sound just as nerdy talking about baseball as you do about Lord of the Rings. Can I tell you something? Yep. I'm a nerd. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can nerd out about a lot of things. I'm aware. <laughs> um, in fact, I think that kind of sets me up well for this kind of podcast is because yeah. like literally anything that someone brings to me, I like to think that I can engage them enough to keep them talking about it sure. and keep them excited about and it. And I'm right? the kind of person that's like, why would you do that? Baseball is so good. Don't <laughs> even rag. I played softball. Don't be mean. It's like girl, girl baseball. You sure did. I was all right at it. I was pretty good at it back Steven, in the day. Steven, you stopped playing in elementary school. Nope. That's false. It was middle school. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was pretty good at it at the yeah, time. I'm going to claim it. 12-year-old self was really good at it. The golden days. I was really good at a lot of things when I was 12, too. The glory days. But now I'm 28. Look, baseball was fun, <laughs> and this is where I met my friend Kyle Melby. He was one of my... First friends, like outside of our youth group, Aww. and it was like he made the effort to get to know me on the baseball team, even though I was the weird, fat homeschooler just showing yeah. up to the party. You were the reason why they couldn't have <laughs> peanut butter and jelly sandwiches at practice. This is actually true. Yeah, I know. all the all the moms were kind of. Uh, you were that kid, Stephen. Yeah, all you the, were that all the moms kid. had to have the the notice about like game snacks, game day snacks. Yeah. So instead of like you got granola bars, snack. it was just like <laughs> orange, orange slices. slices. <laughs> we said the same thing. How were we thinking of the same <laughs> that's thing? Because that's what you bring to baseball that's games. So good. We were on that's the same. That's what I got when I was in softball. Wavelength. Mine. Little meld. Gatorades. And yeah. Orange slices. Orange slice. Pre-sliced. Just all a bag oranges of are, loose oranges. All oranges are pre-sliced. If you think about it. <laughs> Thanks, nature. That's pretty neat. Okay. Anyway. Here's the interview I did with Oranges, my friend Kyle the, Melby. The baseball of fruit. Game day. <laughs> <laughs> Game day. Okay, we are going to get started with rapid fire questions. Kyle, are you ready? Fire away, Steven. Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. Oceans or lakes? Lakes. Rain or sun? Ooh, sunshine. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Early morning or late night? I'm going to go with the late night. Summer or winter? Winter. iOS or Android? Android. Beaches or mountains? Mountains for sure. Big party or small gathering? I've been turning into the small gathering kind of guy. Nice. Cats or dogs? The dogs for sure. Pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. East Coast or West Coast? West Coast, baby. Laundry or dishes? Oh, dishes. 
Sweet or savory? Savory. Do you call it soda or pop? Call it pop. Hogwarts or the Shire? Uh, you know, uh, from what I know, I think Lord of the Rings is probably closer to... I played a crap ton of the video games for Lord of the Rings when I was in Cheyenne for a couple of weeks one time. Sure. So that, that that's the only familiarity I have with really either of them. Okay. All right. We'll go with Shire then. That's... Oh, gosh. Hopefully, hopefully I made the right decision. <laughs> well, I think you did. Passenger or driver? Driver. Oh, every time. Pizza or tacos? You know, pizza is usually the king. Books or movies? Books. Introvert or extrovert? Introvert. Phone calls or texts? Text messages. There you go. You did it. That was the rapid fire. You can relax now, <sighs> right? Oh, I made it. Oh, that's so stressful, right? Okay. Yes. Next, we're going to do some icebreaker questions. These are a lot more open-ended. So we'll start with, what's your favorite candy? Well, my favorite candy has always been a battle in between Twix and Kit Kat. Mm. Um, I even uh, told... My girlfriend just a couple weeks ago, if she's ever at the gas station, you know, and she's getting fuel or whatnot, bringing me home a Kit Kat is the equivalent of bringing home your lady flowers. Yeah, it's your love language. Yes. <laughs> love it. I can, I'll, I'll never turn down a Kit Kat, man. Okay. What's your favorite snack? You know, I'm really, really big into peanut butter English muffins or just a quick homemade quesadilla. What's your favorite morning drink? In the morning times, uh, it usually depends on what I'm doing. But um, if I'm working like outside or something, it's usually a coffee monster. And uh, if I'm going to work at the restaurant, I usually make a pot of coffee that's like twice as strong as normal. And I go around and give it to everybody in the kitchen. And it, like they know if I make that pot of coffee, it's going to be the <laughs> pot of coffee of the day that gets them going. There you go. I like it. What is your favorite smell? Oh, man. Um, you know, the smell of my dog is pretty awesome, not going to lie. Nice. Uh, I, don't, I wouldn't really know exactly what to describe it as other than maybe like a kind of a crispy smell. But um, okay. other than that, I've always liked the, like the smell of gunpowder. Fourth of July is always a good time for smells. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the gunpowder smell, but also like grilling meats. Just walking into like a steakhouse and you can smell all the good food and you know it's going to be a good time. Right. I agree with that one. Nice. What's your favorite TV show? Yeah, I've never really been much of a sitting down in front of a screen and watch kind of person. I just started getting into Netflix and Hulu uh, here in the last couple of months with my girlfriend. And we just banged out uh, Avatar The Last Airbender and we're on Korra right now. Yes. And, and I don't even know what I want to watch when we're done. I, I wish that the series was just going to like perpetually keep going you're setting the bar really high those are both fantastic shows so far right now uh those have been about the only only shows that i've been into recently i was a pretty big fan of dexter i did watch that one a couple of years ago oh, and okay. I, me I remember towards the end of uh end of the series um and when i knew it was starting to come to a close i was actually like you know, kind of feeling sad that I wasn't going to get to hang out with uh, the characters anymore. Right. Yeah. Oh, they did their job then. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Um, I'm going to have to go with uh, cookie dough or cookies and cream. What are foods you will never eat? You know, I'm not really too picky when it comes to food, but uh, if it's got the main ingredient of being blue cheese, cottage cheese or mayonnaise, you can pretty much count me out. Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> up in uh, the McDonald's up on Reberg when I was a little kid, like daycare, my parents thought it'd be <laughs> funny to give me a, a vanilla pudding packet. Oh. And they tore off the corner of the vanilla oh. pudding packet and gave it to me. And I squeezed that whole thing down my throat like it was a giant tube of Go-Gurt. And it was oh. mayonnaise. Yeah. And I have I have never been a fan of mayonnaise since that. Scarred ya. That's no. Oh, for life, man. (laughs) Well, okay. So on the other side of that, then what is your absolute favorite meal? Uh, I will never turn down freshly grilled elk steak. Um, I've got freezers full of venison and I probably would be completely content with sticking to dang near that for all my home cooked meals. Excellent. Who is the smartest person, you know? You know, um, I've always regarded my mother as the smartest person I know. Mm. Me and her can sit there and debate and have contrasting ideas and it'll go on for, I mean, literally the whole afternoon until one of us decides to cool, not, not like it, like, like it got heated up, but like cool down the topic by going to something that's less opinionated. Also, if we're on the same side of something, uh, we'll just keep running ideas back and forth between one and another. She's she's got a big part of, I'd say, the way that I function is coming from her. And uh, yeah, it just blows my mind some of the things that she's capable of. She, she's got uh, a hell of a crazy job. And I've always known that when it comes to dealing with her through, you know, speaking or even just messaging that mm. I've, if I'm not going to be thorough, she's going to make sure that it gets thorough. Nice. Do you have a secret talent? <laughs> no, I haven't really ever thought of myself as, as having a secret talent. Uh, some could say that I'm a dog whisperer. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Any dog at the park, uh, you know, uh, or if I go to a buddy's house, I don't know the dog. It's going to be only just a couple of minutes before uh, we're pretty tight and I can get my my scratches in behind those ears, maybe even get that leg to flutter. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, you're just instantly friends with the dog. I get it. Yeah, we, we lock eyes from across the park or <laughs> across the garage, and I know it's going to happen before too long. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, yes. What was your first job? My very first job, uh, I was working for the studenters out in Laurel. I was uh, doing some custodian work for my baseball coach's wife. It was the only only job I could find that was going to give me uh, work around my baseball schedule, which was really nice and convenient. Of Like I said, my boss was my coach's wife. Uh, even a couple of my teammates also had jobs with the company and uh, I stuck with them for about a year and a half. Got to do some pretty cool places. Uh, I remember even cleaning top to bottom the uh, police ambulance and ambulance and fire department in Laurel. Nice. Yeah, I got to go see like all the rooms, you know, that nobody would ever see. Uh, was in <laughs> all their trash bins, wiping all their tables. Became uh, pretty good homies with some of the officers in there. And there you go. That was like uh, my first job that. It was like a real job. Mm, yeah, absolutely. No, I did like lawn mowing and I've uh, done like uh, leaf raking in the fall a few times growing up. But that was just me looking for some extra money so I could go over to softies and get some ice cream later. Oh, absolutely. Yes. What was your first pet? The first pet I can remember was a uh, 
a single piranha in a giant fish tank. Um, <laughs> uh, the, my word for fish when I was very, very young was Fifi. So it was the piranha named Fifi. And uh, you probably got to dang near 10, 11 inches long, about as wide Whoa. as like a five gallon bucket in the bottom. And he was in Whoa. a 50 gallon tank by himself. Whoa. Super beautiful. Uh, he was a red bellied piranha, but he had all these rainbow stripes going down the side of him. Mm. Yeah, he was a pretty cool creature. Uh, used to just sit there and watch him. Yeah. Fifi is a really cute name for such a. <laughs> Such a hardcore fish. <laughs> it, it was pretty hardcore, man. I remember when it was time to feed him, it was, uh, you know, put his uh, food in there and step back and he would go to town. Yeah. Oh, man. Classic Fifi. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely oh. would be uh, down to get some more piranhas. I've had four of them in my lifetime and they've all just been wow. such cool creatures to watch. Uh, and when they grow, like in the way that they develop, they just start turning into like, just like we were just talking about, like a hardcore, intense looking animal. But yeah, absolutely. But when they're chilling and they're not going balls to the wall after some food, they're just as you know, beautiful and majestic as any other fish just nice. floating around doing their thing. Nice. They just like to eat, man. <laughs> yeah, they after. love to eat. Right. Yeah, I, I caught my hand in Fifi's tank one time and his razor sharp teeth went through my fingernail like warm butter in a hot steak knife. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Very intense time. I, I, re I learned about instantly that you don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you did. What is the worst fashion trend you've ever participated in? I think the worst fashion trade that I participated in was the baggy pants with no belt thing going on in like sixth grade. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I remember uh, one day it was uh, the day to run the mile and I had no <laughs> PE clothes. So I, had to run, <laughs> so I had to run the mile in my DC shoes, <laughs> my baggy pants and... Uh, yeah, that was a pretty rough one. I spent the whole time holding onto a belt loop on either or both of my sides for the oh. whole four laps around the track. Oh my gosh. Still got it done, but by the end of it, I I was pretty regretful that that's what I decided to wear that day, which right. is honestly what I wore just about every day in middle school. There you go. Change your ways a little bit after that, right? I wear a belt these days, yes. Yeah, that's, <laughs> this is a good call. What's your biggest pet peeve? I hate with almost all of my uh, my passion that I can is when somebody's got like some water on their fingers and they kind of like flick it in your face. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah like they, like they kind of do that. A few years ago when I was working at Old Chicago, even one of my favorite people that I was working with, she just kind of did it to me one time when we were in the dish pit. Took me by surprise. I didn't even know she was there. And like I, I normally would not do this to anybody and especially Lindsay. Cause she was like one of my favorite people to work with, but I turned around and she flung just a little bit of water in my face. And before I could even realize what I was doing, I dumped my hand in the dirty water next to the sink oh. and did it back to her like tenfold. And once I realized I did this, it took like maybe a quarter of a second for all this to happen. Oh. I felt so bad and I looked oh. at her. I was like, I'm so sorry. That's like my number one <laughs> is somebody flicking water in my face. I would rather have somebody speak over top of me and yelling 
over what I'm trying to say rather than flick water into my face. Wow. I just don't know what it is. I mean, I can kind of take a splash in the face in the pool. Mm-hmm. That's a little different, but like just sticking your hand a foot and a half from my face and flicking water at me just will send me through the roof. <laughs> that's that's a unique one. I haven't heard that before. <laughs> What's the best live concert you've ever been to? Oh man, that is a such a tough question. I concerts have been my big thing since since I first started going to them. I, I'd say and I go to all sorts of music too. I've seen some incredible productions. Uh, I'm just gonna throw out my very, very first concert, mm. 2002, Shrine Auditorium. Judas Priest came to Billings. It was my very first show. I was seven years old. Nice. Uh, I, I I grew up listening to all of that uh, 80s leather metal with my dad, going hunting all the time. And okay, when Judas Priest came to town. My dad was so excited, and I I guess I didn't understand the magnitude of it i mean judas priest's first album came out in 1969 you know and Mm -hmm. the fact that they were coming to billings uh i didn't realize how such of a big deal it was Mm -hmm. and then we went to the show and i was on the front rail with my dad i was standing right in front of him while he you know kind of did a little protective barrier from the rowdy crowd because i was just a seven-year-old little twig kid back then and right yeah Yep. The, all the, the singer, both the guitarist, the bassist, they all kept like looking over at me and pointing at me. The singer would point at me when he's singing uh, songs and stuff. And uh, I, I won't forget that. But mm. the best part of that concert is uh, one of the lead guitarists, Glenn Tipton, at one point uh, puts his hand out and motions for me to come up on stage. And my, my dad and I really weren't sure what was going on at first. And then we realized that Glenn wanted me up on stage with him at the show. And my dad picks me up, puts me up on stage. And I got to meet Glenn Tipton, shake his hand, take pictures, got guitar picks. From oh, my gosh. Both. Oh, oh my dude, gosh. So nuts. Guitar picks from both this uh, guitarist, drumstick from the drummer got knuckle bumps from him. Somebody yeah. in the crowd ended up taking some really good photos of me when I was up there. That's and so cool. I was just seven. I didn't even realize how cool this was until, right. you know, I started growing up. Oh but my gosh. The dude in the crowd uh, ended up finding me and my dad in the, uh, after the show. He's like, I got some really cool pictures of you when you're up there and got my family's email and emailed them to me. And, nice. Uh, now when I see that picture, it's framed up at my parents' house. When I do see the picture, uh, like that's what started it for live shows for me. Oh. That first concert. Mm, that's now so I've good. got a box of tickets that's probably got you know over 150 concert tickets in it. Some of them, right? Some of them have been you know on the top tier nights of you know my life experiences. Is I've traveled all all over to go to shows, and I think just that very first concert when Judas Priest came to Billings all the way back when I was seven was was the kickstarter for me. Absolutely, it was. Oh man, that's so cool! Right on. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? I've always been torn in between flying, time travel. And uh, let's say like mind reading. So Mm. if I was going to have to pick one, Mm -hmm. I think that the one that would do the least amount of damage would be just flying. (laughs) If I were to be able to fly, you know, I could go anywhere, see all the things, take the coolest photos. Uh, Mm. But if I was able to time travel and read minds, it might end up coming back and 
doing a little biting in the butt later on. Good call. Yeah, I, I like that thought process. <laughs> Who would you call your best friend? I've got a small group chat on my Snapchat, and it's got uh, John Berlanic and Tyler Raines in it. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're called the Traveling Circus. We made it one time when we were downtown Spokane, <laughs> standing out in the freezing cold, waiting for the show, the doors to open to go into a Grizz show. There you go. And uh, I mean, th- those two guys are definitely my ride or dies. Do anything for those two. If you're trying to make me pick in between one, that's just not going to happen. Nope, I won't make you do that. <laughs> no, nope. your answer was perfect. It'd be impossible, man. Right. <laughs> I, lo- I love those guys. Oh, so good. Uh, to date, what would you consider to be your proudest achievement? You know, I've done done a handful of really really cool things it's really hard to categorize one all Mm. the way up at the top Mm -hmm. um i've got a lot of projects that i'm working on that when i do complete them you know they they might be able to be uh in the running for that but um my proudest achievement up to this point what's coming up to mind uh right now is I, i played baseball all through growing up been on dozens of teams uh gave up a lot of my my summertime freedom for love of the sport and mm-hmm. love of my teammates, especially growing up in, you know, Laurel. So blessed there for the baseball team. I wasn't thrown from this team to that team. I knew pretty much everybody in the Laurel League that was in my age. Yeah. Whether yep. or not we we're on the same team or not this year, we probably might see each other next year on the same team. Mm-hmm. Baseball and Laurel was always a big thing for me. And um, not this year, but last year. John Verlanic, Jake Warden, and I actually coached the senior little league baseball team in Laurel, and oh. it was a it was a pretty big undertaking. A lot, it was a little bit more difficult than I imagined it was going to be. Right? Yeah. Just uh, you know, um, having to deal with the kids from the beginning of the season to the end of the season, while presenting myself, you know, as a coach, as a, a mentor, or trying to learn myself how to teach to these kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What baseball is all about. Baseball is a game of failure, a, a hall of famer. Um, you know, his batting average is 300, three out of 10 times. Mm-hmm. That's, that's hall of fame statistics. And I was trying to take what I learned from my coaches and my mentors and giving it to these kids. Well, last year we actually ended up winning the championship. We went through the whole season. It was kind of rocky, did good here, did poor there. And when it came tournament time, uh, I think uh, the coaches' enthusiasm spilled into the players' enthusiasm. And as a team, we actually rallied w- really well during the tournament. And we had a uh, really solid championship game. We actually won the championship on a mm. very cool, well-designed baseball play where we're in the last inning. There's one out. There's a guy on second base. We tell the batter to bunt the ball while the guy on second base steals. And so while they're worried about getting the guy out at first, the kid stealing from second rounds, third goes home, slides into home. Boom, we're champions. Jeez. Oh, man. And I mean, that was a fun dog pile there. Uh, The kids were so happy. The the parents were so happy. The same parents that were questioning us if we even knew how to do our jobs, you know, because we're younger than all the parents. We're 24, 23 Uh, year old coaches. Absolutely. And all the and all the coaches we were coaching against, you know, were parent age, you know, thirties, forties. And uh, we, there was a lot of doubt from even our, our own 
kids as parents if we were going to be able to do anything worthwhile. And then we win the championship and all doubt went away. <laughs> it was celebration time. That's so cool. John and Jake and I, as, as the three coaches all season, I mean, we couldn't have been more proud by the end of it. And uh, yeah, that that was one of my favorite achievements, especially since uh, since I got out of baseball myself. Oh, that is a fantastic story. I got goosebumps twice. I was yeah, so, I, that's so hype. I love it. It was a good, it was a really good summer. It was uh, devoted a lot of time to it, and uh, I'm so happy that uh, I got invited to coach. It wasn't yeah. even my idea. Yeah, but I was I was happy to be uh, thought of to join the team. Gosh, that's that's so cool. Well, okay, so as if these were just icebreakers, I'm at the last one of the icebreakers here, and that is when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, at first, uh, I wanted to be an archaeologist. I was really big into dinosaurs and okay. you know, the bones. Uh, I love history. I always wanted you know be on the other side of the world with a with a tiny shovel and a toothbrush, you know, very meticulously pulling out the biggest <laughs> bone of this dinosaur that had ever been discovered. You right. know, yep. I, I loved having all sorts of dinosaur books and shark books. And uh, as I started growing up more. Uh, uh, especially like I'd say towards like the end of elementary school, going into middle school, I, I started kind of like, I like designing things. I like symmetry and I love, I absolutely love geometry. And uh, so that was kind of turning into more of um, an architectural dream. Uh, I still, I still would say that I kind of hold on to that. Mm, okay. It's just not something that's uh, had been playing out. Uh, I haven't, I haven't rolled, um, the dice in my favor for that one yet but uh, uh i always thought it would be cool you know to, to design something that you know when you drive by or, mm. or like a landmark you know like just something that you know catches the eye yeah and yeah absolutely. I, I always thought that I, I would be able to come up with something creative to do that I, I i played around on autocad countless hours especially like in school when i had the the nice version and I didn't have to pay for the full one. And mm -hmm. I would dink around with that. And, uh, that's kind of where it went to after that. Uh, at this point, what I would like to do is, uh, pretty much whatever I want to do. I don't want to do it for someone else. I don't want to mm. be a part of someone else's crew that it's living out their dream while I'm doing the grunt work, you know? And sure. If I'm going to be a part of something, I want to, either it to be my own or I want to be a part of a collective team of uh, people that are working towards a common goal. Yeah. I just want to build a project pretty much. And project could be, you know, literally anything that everybody involved is passionate about. Ooh, I love, I love you're speaking my language, finding a good drive. Yeah. And, uh, and when, when you get a good team together uh, and things just seem to start falling in nearly effortlessly, Mm -hmm. that's, yeah. the, that's the kind of flow that it's going to be all about. Dude, what? I, did, I had no idea where we were going to go there so quickly out of that icebreaker. Again, as if that was just <laughs> icebreaker. But man, you're speaking my language there. That's so good. It, there we go. The we, end of the rapid fire, end of the icebreaker. So let's get into it, man. We were there. Yeah, where I'm, We've been there. Kyle Melby, <laughs> thank you so much for being on the podcast. This is so exciting for me. Uh, you're telling baseball stories and I am getting flashes of our history in baseball together. And oh my gosh, it's, it's so good to chat with you again, man. It's good to talk to you, Steven. 
Right on. Okay, well, then let's get started here. I would like to know where you grew up and what your family was like growing up. I've been a resident of Yellowstone Valley, you know, pretty much my whole life. Mm -hmm. I grew up near Softies and Billings, which was always one of my favorite places to go. Uh, my, <laughs> Like I said a little earlier, I would, um, you know, try to hustle some money doing some leaf raking or, you know, helping my dad around the yard so I could walk, you know, yeah. down the block yeah. to, go, to go get some ice cream later at the end of the day. Uh, my family uh, has always been rooted in this area, and I, I don't think that my immediate family plans on really ever leaving this area. Growing up, I always thought that I wanted to head more west. If, I mean, stay in Montana for sure. Montana's mm -hmm. a big part of my heart. I love all the things that I can do here. But the longer that I've hung out, Yellowstone Valley, graduated, got all that stuff away and done with from growing up, high school, elementary school, and all that, my right. roots in this valley have just gone deeper and deeper. Mm. Uh, I can't tell you the love I have that we're sandwiched in between the Billings Rims, the Yellowstone River, the Beartooth Mountains, and the plains to our east. Like I, mm. I go and enjoy all four of those areas as much as I can. Mm -hmm. and it, that, that's where my roots are probably going to at least stay for a while. And if I ever were to move away, I think it would just be so I could have like a big old homecoming a couple years later, you know? Oh, yes. Right. <laughs> You're already planning for the return. <laughs> yeah. Anytime I've done traveling, like right out of high school, I, I was on a plane once a month for almost two years going to see other places. And, Whoa. You know, day three, day four, day five, like I could not wait to get back to Montana, dude. Uh, what was your family like growing up? Like, what were your parents up to while you were doing school stuff? Do you have uh, siblings, brothers and sisters? Yeah, absolutely. I've, uh, I'll start with my sister. Uh, I've got one little sister. She was born on the first day of second grade. Oh, there you go. For me. Yeah, she's uh, by far the youngest person uh, in her grade. Her day, her birthday was the cutoff to get into uh, that class that oh. she's in. She just she just graduated this last year, 2020. Oh, nice. And uh, even though she's the youngest person in her grade, she's just so smart. She's well-rounded, mature, and uh, she, she's actually going to school right now in Dillon, Montana, which I've spent some time in Dillon, Montana, and mm. it's be beautiful over there. Okay. Yeah, she's going over there to be a, a teacher. She wants to be a history teacher. I got her into some of the history love growing up. Excellent. Yeah, my dad and my mom, they've always been... Uh, hard workers. Uh, I've, I've actually worked with my dad back uh, when I did construction for a couple of years. Oh, okay. It was always cool to work under his wing. Uh, he's the foreman of the whatever crew that he's on and whatever project. And we've built some pretty cool things together. I don't know if you've been up to Red Lodge in the past six years, but that roundabout that's in town, like that was me and my dad's project, you know? And no way. Every, yeah, every time we drive over, I just kind of think of those few months of just busted it out, man. Oh, that's so cool. It, it was pretty fun. I remember being so grateful that I was up in 75 degree Red Lodge and not 90 degree Billings for that summer. Yeah, right, man. Yeah, it was a very, very good uh, couple of years. Uh, I, I learned a lot from my dad. See, I got to see the way that he's he operates when he's on a work site. And nice. Got tons more respect for him after you know, being with him a uh, day in and day out on the cruise. Mm, mm -hmm. And, um, my mom, 
I mean, probably the smartest person I've I've met face to face. She works in a laboratory at the hospital. She's a molecular biologist, and every time I go visit her laboratory, it just blows my mind. You know, you open wow. it up, and it's the size of almost you know a gymnasium, and everything's pure white, and all these instruments and machines just mm. do things that it's like how did us as humans even figure out how to make these machines that are doing these intense operations right her field is so deep into what's new what what are the capabilities of how we can push this field that she's constantly having to go and you know learn what what's new you know they they send her over the all over the country I can't remember if it's twice a year now or once a year still, but, uh, you know, she's just got to go and learn what, what's new in the microbiological field, mm -hmm. um, that inside the lab, there's a, another lab that I'm pretty sure she's got the only key card that accesses to it. It's pretty cool. She comes home and she tries to tell me what's going on. I'm pretty good at following, you know, what she's saying, but some of the things that they do in that laboratory are so over my head. There you go. That's what yeah. she does day in and day out. I think it's pretty cool. Oh, so good. All right. So growing up in Yellowstone Valley, was it the Laurel public school system that you were always a part of? I moved to Laurel, um, I think it was 2004, midway through fourth grade. Uh, I came from Burlington Elementary and I thought moving out to Laurel was going to be just this big drag. I didn't want to leave all my friends in Billings. I gone to school with them for the last four years, you know, kindergarten through fourth grade. You know, we were all tight homies having fun at recess. And I moved out to Laurel and uh, I was really nervous. I wasn't going to know anybody. Oh, yeah. The most excited thing I was for is I was going to have my first male teacher and uh, ended up getting to Laurel. I'd say it wasn't more than probably two or three weeks until I was, you know, playing football with with everybody that had been knowing each other forever uh right yeah started started making a, a good network of friends some of them i'm still even friends with to this day are, are some of the first people that i met in laurel absolutely my my day one homie uh verlanic uh, he was my neighbor and i didn't even know him until about two weeks after we moved to laurel and what got me to uh get introduced to him was i was sitting at the picture window at my family's house looking at the neighborhood and i kept seeing these groups of little kids dressed in camo just running all over the place it's like <laughs> what are they doing and i went out there and the lady from across the street comes out and she's like do you want me to introduce to everybody they're playing army and from then on i mean it just took off right uh, i remember going to the army navy with my allowance money trying to buy like a little art camo jacket or a little uh army helmet so i could like have the cool stuff so that is just like the other guys did absolutely yeah my my roots in laurel ended up growing pretty quick once i was willing to step out of the shadows you know and inject myself into what what was going on around me right and so from the first age that you were eligible to join little league is that where baseball started for you yeah, I think I started baseball before I even got into uh, Laurel. I remember doing a machine pitch. Oh, yeah, right. Over on like 32nd and Central area. Yep, right. Can't remember the name of the park over there. But yeah, when they would just put the ball in the machine and fling it at you and you, you swung <laughs> you swung out of your shoes every time. And yep. I remember nobody wanted to 
get all up in the in the catcher's gear and do all that so that's when i mean i started playing catcher from when i was seven years old and i played catcher and up until I, after i graduated that's where i was at on the field most of the time always behind the plate there i loved being behind the plate man you touch the ball more often than anybody besides the pitcher except i would be behind the plate the whole game you could have three pitchers going on in a single game so i got to touch the ball and throw it around right you know more often than just about everybody else Gosh, man, I I was getting ready to talk to you today and I had completely forgotten about baseball and like I don't know if you remember but like I have a memory of you and I being on the same team for like 4 seasons at least including that all-star team. Yes. Good. Not and I have so many good memories of being the the pitcher to your catcher like yeah. oh being in that dyad again yes we got to touch the ball <laughs> quite a lot together those were those were the golden days man they absolutely were oh so good so all the way through little league like we were in the juniors together yep you were you went on to the seniors right yep and then in high school you try out and get onto the laurel dodgers is that right yeah laurel dodgers was a uh some of the best times of my life man i love the crew that we had the mm. uh, coaches were so passionate about things and uh back then everybody worked hard tried hard because when it came game day you know that the other team was doing the same thing so it was like it was a battle to see you know who could squeak out the win there right. we had uh we had a pretty good league back in those days a lot of really competitive teams and uh i always was you know trying to put forth my best foot i had a lot of really solid competition even on uh, our team i i know i love being behind the plate but being on the mound you know there's nothing like controlling the pace of the game seriously with just with just your mood absolutely so like when it came down time to you know have like pitchers practice and i would be the guy catching for everybody i was just like begging that coach would be like somebody else go put on the catcher's gear let melby throw a few pitches and every time that i got on the mound uh in, in a game you know i i tried to take it as serious as i could i tried to you know outsmart the other team start somebody off with a curveball and then another curveball for his first two pitches and then he doesn't know what's coming next uh, right kind of thing you know yep. it's like like a little chess game oh man except you got the crowd there and all your teammates behind you and yeah, I'm just doing my best to throw strikes, you know? Oh, yeah. And even back in the juniors, I remember you and I like working out our, our specific signs between each other. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, it is it's definitely a psychological game being up on the mound, like trying to trying to work the batter a little bit, like keep them guessing constantly. You know, not not every pitch has to be a strike kind of thing. You know, you just understanding where where you're at. You know, if if you got the first pitch was a strike on the guy, you know, you're you're ahead of him in the count. Maybe put one, you know, a little high where they're really fun to swing at, but not quite in the strike zone. Yep. Pepper pepper one up there. See if you can get him to swing and miss too. Right. Oh man. Oh man. Baseball. My god. Okay. So, uh, what year did you try out for the Dodgers and get in on the team? Uh, I played for the Dodgers my junior and my senior year. So that would have been summer of 12 and 13. Right. Oh, man. Finish out senior year there. That's so cool. Oh, dude. It was, like like I said, one of the best summers of my life. Uh, 7 a.m. practice every single day unless we had a game. So mm -hmm. your summer was pretty much devoted to it, you know. And 
Uh, I remember, you know, we'd, we'd go to like, we'd play a double header in Laurel and then go to bed, get some rest, wake up the next day, drive to Mile City, double header, go to bed, wake up, right. drive to Sydney, double header, next day, drive to Glendive <laughs> and just keep doing that. And that was, I mean, we had like something like 60, 64, 67 games that summer. Wow. And if I could go back and just even like, sit in the stands and relive it, you know, mm. and watch all of our games. I totally would. It was one of the best teams, you know, that I've ever been a part of. And yeah, absolutely. Everybody was just so fun to hang around. Our our team chemistry was always, you know, some of the best that you could have even ask for. Do you remember the story of your first home run? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, I think I was 11 and we were at, Jeez. I think it was Sacagawea Park. It was during an all-star game, so the whole regular season, I hadn't squeaked one over the fence yet, but right. uh, I walked up to the plate, and I think I was lead-off batter that year, so I was very first person up to the plate uh, for the whole game, and oh, uh, yeah. I think it was... Top of the queue. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, we did the warm-up, said the pledge, made sure the field was good, and then I come up to the plate, and I think it was third pitch. I sent one into the into the trees in left field. Oh, gosh. And there was only like four or five all-star teams that year in this area. And uh, for the rest of the all-star season, every time I come up to the plate, they had a they had one of the mothers that, that was in their stands that would always go, watch out, he's a home run hitter. And right. I, every time I walk up to the plate, I was like, oh, yeah, you bet I am. I'm trying to do it again, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. When other teams are like scouting and they're like, oh, no, it's this kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it, it felt really good when it, it, their stands were giving their kids a warn. Oh, you know the warning because I had that one really good hit well, at one time. Man, yeah, I remember. Uh, I think we were on the same team. I remember yellow jerseys on Rich McFate's team. Yeah, yeah. As the coach, our the the cue for the batters, like all the way up to. It was always Brendan Ness on cleanup, batting fourth. Because, <laughs> like, yep. consistently he would send him over the fence for us. It was ridiculous. But, yeah, I remember you being, like, among those first three almost all the time whenever you and I were on the same team. Yeah, it's always good to find a good spot in the order, man. Uh, throughout my whole life, uh, I'd kind of been peppered here and there, here and there. And I remember there was one season where Coach kept put me, like, like, seventh, eighth, ninth. And oh. it made me mad because I was getting less at bats mm -hmm. because, you know, maybe the game would end and we're only like five way down the list. But being up seven, eight, ninth, and uh, I'd walk up, you know, a couple of my teammates would be on base. And let's say I was even, you know, the very last batter in, in the lineup still looking for a gap, man, trying to find the fence. And every time it every time it would happen, it was just like, it would be like a rejuvenation in the lineup, you know? Yep. Yeah, it fires but everyone else up. It's so good. It kind of chapped me, you know, because, you know, some of the people were getting more at-bats than me. But when I realized that putting some people down, farther down the list was coach being smart, and, you know, I kind of felt like, oh, well, I'm glad he picked me, you know, there towards the end of the season. Mm, mm -hmm. But when we're in a tight game and – you know, the last inning rolls around and I was going to be the next person up before the last out got out. You know, I was like, man, I wish I was on the top of the list still. Yep. Yeah. Because you always just want one more chance at the plate. Oh, man, I, I would take a million more chances at the plate if I could, man. It was 
<laughs> batting was such a like just like we were talking about earlier it's that chess game between the mound and the batter absolutely and a lot of times you know i felt like i was a little uh little cocky with oh i know he's gonna throw me a strike on this one and just swing at it first pitch a lot of people don't like to swing at that first pitch they like to get a little bit of a read right i'll swing first pitch if it's there yeah uh, an- another fun one about <laughs> uh you know not being scared of the pitcher me and uh blake studner one time we had a competition all season long to see you could get hit by the most pitches oh really okay you yeah, could get beamed the most time by not diving out of the way of the ball by there you go we called it being a man and taking your base right and uh we started we started and it was going good for a while and then i ended up just blowing him out of the water i remember that i specifically remember three games that season getting beamed at least twice in the same game in one game i got beamed three times jeez <laughs> if it's inside just don't flinch just wear it you know yeah, so what were you doing? Were you crowding the plate just a touch to try and get just that much closer to it? Um, I always kind of crowded the plate. I'm not really a you know a very large human being, so sure. if I wanted to be able to reach that outside corner, especially if it's like a low outside pitch, I always had to have a little bit of an inch closer to the plate. Right. But uh, my goal every time to get when I went up to the plate was to get on base. You know, um, yeah, of once, once I once I got oh. on base, uh, I was probably stealing second kind of thing. Uh, and I love doing that to the other team because that really makes the other catcher mad. I like making the other catcher mad because it's hard to steal on me when I was catcher. But yeah, uh, yes, it go was. <laughs> When I go up to the plate, number one was to get on base. And if the pitch was inside enough for me to wear it, I wasn't going to take, I wasn't going to not seize that opportunity. And once Blake and I made it a known competition to see who was going to get the most uh, on bases that year from getting hit, (laughs) there was times where my my only flinch would be like my eyeballs. You know, I I would basically freeze with a little bit of a turn and just let it hit me. And before too long, you know, that, I hardly even uh, felt them unless they were in the dead center of my back or on the tip of my elbow. Other than that, I was already, I was already looking forward to uh, uh, yeah. getting onto the base when I knew it was an inside pitch. Right, man. Because otherwise, yeah, it's that bruise you get on your arm and on your thigh. Like it's it's a badge of honor at that point. <laughs> Yeah, and it comes with the little seams in the bruise too. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, the little imprint. Oh, that's so good. Yes. Being a catcher for oh. uh, Dakota Cortezi, you me- you remember him, right? Oh gosh, oh gosh. Yeah, dude, he was our ace pitcher. I don't even remember how hard he threw. I just remember I was, it was really hard. Man, I was and, so uh, intimidated when he pitched. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Being his catcher, uh, he he was a really good pitcher. I mean, like you know, ten out of ten. So happy to have him. But every once in a while, when he would throw one in the dirt, and I would have to block it. Yep. Oh man, I would have those C marks on my arm for the next week. He'd throw the ball so hard. Man, when you're at bat, you can hear the ball hissing like the second it leaves his arm. It's and it yes, and he's he's such a towering lefty. So <laughs> I, me as a right-handed batter, he's technically throwing you know an angle towards me instead of you know from instead of behind my shoulder into yep. the strike zone. He's throwing it outside, coming at me. Right. I would much rather catch for Dakota than hit against him. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Yep. I very much get that. Oh man. Oh, I, I bet. I bet we could tell baseball stories all day. <laughs> Thank you for listening to No Normal People this week. 
If you like what you're hearing, the best place to tell us about it would be on Apple Podcasts or Facebook.com, where you can leave us a five-star rating and a one or two sentence review. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at KnowPeoplePod. That's K-N-O-W People Pod. Also, be sure to use our hashtags, KnowNormalPeople and hashtag KNP. After high school, you mentioned that like following high school, you were on a plane traveling somewhere else like every month or so. Talk me through yeah. that. Like what happened after high school uh, that you were just going, you traveling, living it up? Yeah, yeah. I actually, um, uh, a girl that I uh, had been dating at the time, she had this really cool network of friends and this like traveling group that uh, they were all a part of. And uh, she invited me into the group with, she actually got all of her friends together and they all invited me into this group. Uh, you know, they pretty much travel for like, they travel in like the Costco membership kind of style. So let's say that <laughs> oh. the group wanted to go here. Well, they would buy, you know, let's say a quarter of the cabins out at this resort. And you'd get them for a really sweet price. And uh, once they invited me into that, I was so hooked. I'd only been on a plane like maybe two or three times before I graduated high school, maybe. Yeah. And uh, after that, I was trying to go somewhere as often as I could. Uh, I remember I was one of three people out of this group of like 30 that was underage when we went to Vegas, but I was still so excited to go somewhere. So we went to yeah. Vegas when I was 19 Jeez. and then I ended up, uh, not being allowed in half the places everywhere that or where everyone wanted to go. So I would just walk around the town and take in all the sites and oh, man. walk through all these big, big giant hotels. Um, there, we, we usually took a trip my birthday weekend. I've done my birthday and like four or five different major cities across the U.S., like Atlanta, mm. um, Louisville, uh, Orlando. They're the first time I swam in the beach. Was with that crew. Super fun. Uh, I'm still in contact with a lot of people from that network. Yeah, uh, a lot of them are still going places all the time. I kind of have fallen out of uh, of being so involved with that group, but I can't tell you how grateful I am that like. I've got these pile of pictures and these pile of memories from going all over the place for those couple of years, seeing all sorts of uh, cool attractions and things that I never even knew I wanted to go do. Right. And next thing you know, it's where we're doing them and, you know, it, uh, somewhere that's thousand miles from home. And I had never really traveled a whole heck of a lot. Normally growing up uh, in my family, if we were going to go on a trip somewhere it was to go see our relatives my immediate mm. family are the only montanans from my family everyone else is is either a plane trip away or a 12-hour road trip away from us right and so most of my uh, family trips were usually just to go see family we never just went and balled out for a weekend or a week somewhere away from everything so once i was free from school now an adult I just started doing it as often as I could. Right. Started pinching all my pennies, trying to, you know, making money on the side, doing this, doing this here, doing this there. So I could, I, I wouldn't have to miss next month's trip, you know? I, what I love about that too, is that you've had all these experiences traveling different places month to month, like visiting new places, having new experiences, but it it, it lends even more weight to what you said before about how 
there's something about Billings or Yellowstone Valley and Montana that like, yes. that's the, the rootedness to like falling in love with this place, you know, like you've been there and you've experienced, you know, I don't know if I could call this home. My home is so special already. Like it, it lends more weight to the fact that you love Yellowstone Valley so much by the fact that you've been so many other places. You're hitting the nail right on the head, man. One of my favorite places to go to is Denver. Uh, I've got a really big network down there, a ton of friends. Mm. Can't even tell you, you know, a total number of days and or even just different trips down there. And right. Uh, I've, I've got a lot of friends that, man, you would love it down here. You, should, you know, come check it out. Come move down here. And he, he, like I said earlier, even by like day four, day five, I could be having a blast down there. But, yeah, man, I just cannot wait to get back home yeah. to where, you know, yeah. the sun's rising on the rims or you know, driving over one of these bridges that goes over the Yellowstone and you just happen to, you know, catch the sun reflecting off of mm. it. Like it's, 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 it's just that kind of thing around here. Absolutely. The slowness, uh, Billings is quiet compared to other places. So like just the speed around here, the people around here, um, there's a lot of people around here that I feel, feel the same way as I do about this place. And mm. I know, a lot, a lot of the people that I know feel the same way about this place. And I could not imagine what life would be like if I didn't grow up around here. Mm, it's beautiful. Love it, Kyle. If I grew up in like a big city, I, w- I don't even know who I would be at this. Right. Point. Now I'm a, I, I'm a, I love being outdoors. Uh, I love, you know, hiking and adventuring and going to places that are tough to get to. And when I used to do the, that traveling that we were just talking about, uh, I had met people down. Uh, I'm pretty sure I had this conversation with somebody when I was in Atlanta for like my 20th birthday, we were down there. And these people, they had never seen a mountain before, you know, oh. you know? and that, that oh. blew my mind. Like I've seen a handful of high, you know, skyscrapers in my life. And that's what they know, right. is, you know, city and skyscrapers and, underpasses and mm-hmm. for for me like you know billings has enough of that area for me but you know you, you just get out of billings 15 miles each way and you you literally feel like you're in a different place you're in the middle of nowhere right exactly you, you can drive all the way up and down the east coast and never leave a city it's wild really is wild <laughs> we have it so I, good I, I here think about it all the time man yeah oh that's that's so good <laughs> So, so blessed was, was college ever in your stars following high school? Uh, I thought about college a lot. I, a lot of the things in high school pushed us, you know, to like figure out what we wanted to do and yeah. what yeah. college would be the best suit for you and whatnot. And, um, I never found anything that I felt like, you know, I feel like when you go to college, you're picking out what you pretty much want to do for the rest of your life. And right. if not, you're, you're spending all this money for what reason? Yeah. It's very much a model that sets you up for like the 40 year career, you know? Yeah. And like, that seemed like such a gigantic and monumental decision, something that honestly scared me. I I like getting experiences from all sorts of different areas. Uh, I've had a handful of different, you know, styles of jobs even uh, around here while I create the life that I'm working on so far. Mm, mm -hmm. College for me, um, I always thought it would have been cool to, you know, go play some baseball or something like that. But there wasn't even a whole lot of people in even our class that 
went on to play baseball anywhere. The only one I can think of off the top of my head is Jake Warden, you know, and Mm -hmm. he went over to North Dakota to go play. And he said his love for baseball was was greater than, you know, what he was going to school for. And that's why he stuck around with it for so long. Once he got there, he realized Mm -hmm. what he's going to college for isn't what what he wanted to do. And that's exactly what scared me about, you know, picking a a major or a a program somewhere and then, you know, realizing $15,000 later that, you know, maybe I don't want to do this every day for the next several decades. Right. So uh, that decision always weighed so heavy that I never decided to pull the trigger and uproot myself, go move somewhere. Um, growing up, I always thought I was going to be more of a Western Montana kind of person. Bozeman, Missoula always seemed so inviting. I, mm-hmm. I did, I've did. i spent a bunch of time over there and thought I might end up at one of those colleges, but nothing came to mind when it was time to choose that was so inviting that I wanted to sign up for the debt, sign up for moving away, sign up for, you know, picking what out what I was going to keep doing for for a very long time and uh the stars never just really aligned for me that way. Right. I I thought for a while I might go into, you know, some like architectural program. I I really like uh, being able to you know express through whatever I'm into, you know, I pick up, you know, some paint express through that, pick up my guitar and express through that. Mm, If I could mm. find something, you know, a job where I was able to do that, I thought I might be a little more happy with, uh, with signing up for something. But when the, when the time came, I mean, you, you, you remember being in high school and thinking it would never end. And then once high school is over, it seemed like it went by so quick. I, I never just, sat down and made the decision on uh, what I wanted to go sign up for mm, in that time. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm, you know, a handful of years past high school, um, I'm not sure if, I don't know if I'm going to go to school before I can afford it myself or until I am where it's going to be helping me from whatever project that I'm currently in. I don't know if uh, signing up for college is going to be the start of something like it is for a lot of people mm, or yeah. for me it's gonna it's it's gonna be the tool that helps give me the edge in whatever yeah what, right. whatever area that i'm in yeah like you've reached the limit of what you can learn outside of college but you're still trying to pursue this thing hard enough that you need the expertise that might come from that exactly yeah kind of flip the yeah man i totally i totally get that whole like that college struggle I totally bought into the hey you need to go decide you need to sign up for your school you need to declare a major freshman year and I did two years of school and by the end of it I was like I what am I what am I here for again sorry <laughs> uh so like I dropped out I got married and then it was like 29 something thousand dollars <laughs> later in oh, debt like man paying that nonsense off thankfully like we've busted to get that paid off. We paid it off at the end of last year, but very good. It's not, I'm just, I'm just resonating so well with what you're saying. It's like the looking forward to a 30 year career really isn't what I'm interested in doing. And as long as college is only going to serve people who want to do that, then I don't, yeah. I don't think college is for me either. I want to be able to explore and like try new things like podcasting or like start a band or start writing I, exactly. I want to try all the things before I try and 
determine <laughs> if it's worth the if it's worth the degree the you know all the money and all the time that gives me a piece of paper that says I'm a college graduate because I've seen wildly successful people come out of high school never step foot on a university campus that is inspiring to me like I I love people who can just dig in and get after it very much on the same wavelength there with you oh so good okay so let's talk about what you currently do for work. Uh, for me, it's been a pretty busy summer. I've done a, a handful of different jobs to pass my time this COVID 2020. Absolutely. Yeah. I helped out with the window cleaning service earlier this year, and uh, it's just a very local small business. It was just me and another guy getting, you know, monumental amount of work done every week. Kind of helped him build his business there. After a little while, I I moved on to helping some of our old classmates do some uh, roofing and exterior work while we, you know, discussed ideas. Uh, you know, even the guy that was running the crew, uh, one of our old classmates, Mike Marsteller. Uh, oh, yeah. That That's not what the goal was. We were just using this to save so we can do our other things. And since we had this really cool crew to work with, you know, the, the work was tough. But spending the time with these guys all day was honestly worth just as much as whatever the paycheck was going to be just having mm. fun with these guys all summer long. Yeah. And uh, I remember earlier we were kind of talking about uh, being a part of a project, something to build and put a little passion behind. And um, something that's really, really big for me, uh, I've been saying this since before we even graduated together was, uh, you know, I feel like I was put here to help others. And I'm not sure what the final vehicle for that is going to be, but I spent three and a half years at Old Chicago being a waiter. And mm. sometimes people would come in and, you know, they'd look forward to coming into OC. And I was lucky enough to have their table. Some days they would come in and people would be so snarky and so rude. And by the time that they left, like, my effect on a lot of these people was, you know, like, oh, now they're leaving. They're really happy. They, once they got here and they sat down and they realized the work day is over, you know, mm. they loosened up, they ended up having a really, really good night. And the way that I would interact and serve tables uh, for them, I was infecting people with the positive vibes that I was kind of wanting Ooh. to put out. Yeah. And recently, um, I just got asked to uh, join the it's pretty much like opening a brand new restaurant. Uh, everything just got redone. It's at the Petroleum Club up at the 22nd floor of the Doubletree Hotel downtown yes. Billings. Yep. One of my old managers uh, who just took the whole operations over, uh, he was going down a list of people that he would be interested in bringing on to his team. He's looking for you know a team of passionate people that have good ideas, who would be easy to communicate with, who enjoy doing what they're doing and i was the first name that he he called um wow I, when, when i joined the petroleum club there was only five people there and now we're we've almost doubled our team size since uh since i joined a few weeks ago and uh we're, we're kind of like in the very slow baby steps of reopening because the whole restaurant the whole club shut down this march yeah, when you sure. know when the pandemic or whatnot happened and now that we're starting to do this whole reopening thing i'm able to like see what the plans are and where this is heading i'm not you know an og member of the crew but i'm one of the very first members of the crew mm -hmm. of what this is going to expand into and i just see nothing but a bright future for 
for where this team is going to be heading. Everything uh, that gets said from everybody is always considered kind of thing. Uh, wow. Any idea, yeah. There's no such thing as a bad idea on this team, whether or not it's, you know, heated and followed up on. Uh, if you throw an idea out there, it's going to be, you know, thought down to as far down the line of, of an, an effect that it may have for the restaurant, positive or negative. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure what team I was going to land on soon. I, I knew that something was going to happen this year. Kind of like with that window thing, I helped him, you know, build a bunch of good rapport and whatnot with that. And once my time was over there, I felt like uh, I wanted to join another crew. The roofing gig was really good. But now that I'm with this crew of uh, restaurant people, I see a future that's going to not only, you know, affect whatever customer's house I'm at, because mm. I was doing a lot of local work. This future that's going to happen from this new restaurant is going to be a positive effect for Billings, not just, mm. you know, the house that I'm working at for the day. It's going to be a positive thing for this town, you know, this area that I grew up in. Uh, I, I met some of the people that who are generationally involved in the petroleum club, like their parents opened up the thing in the, in 1954, I think, you know, or their grandparents did. And they were talking to us uh, when we had all of the members in the other day. And uh, they said like, we can tell that the team here wants the petroleum club to be a very well respected staple of billings. Like Mm. not going to go anywhere kind of thing. Yeah. Even just like uh, I spent like eight hours there yesterday and like it's kind of like I said a few minutes ago, it's like a reopening of a new restaurant, new management, new kitchen, mm-hmm. new menu. And um, there's a couple of rooms in there. They they remodeled too. So there's a couple of rooms in the in, on the floor that were disasters. And um, after, you know, I do whatever I need to do to like familiarize myself with the, the menu and the floor and whatnot, they're like, why don't you go and turn this chunk of the restaurant, which is a chunk that I'm going to be using. Why don't you go rearrange it to what you think would be best? And so I was in there, you know, taking stuff away, playing Tetris, putting things here, putting things there. And and the decisions that I'm making now are going to make my team, my life, people that will join our team in the future. I'm trying to make the decisions that are going to make our lives all easier to, uh, get our job done and make the, everything run and flow. I wasn't sure if I was ever going to join a restaurant again after my tenure at old Chicago. I had a lot of fun there, but mm-hmm. once, um, I'm just going to drop his name. Once Matt, the, my GM from uh, the petroleum club, once he hit me up, he sent me a Facebook message and like, I started buzzing on the inside, you know, Ooh. he reached out, Ooh. he reached out to me wanting me to help him do this project that is going to be a monumental overtaking. And uh, now that I'm on the team and I'm, I got the first day jitters out of the way kind of thing. Right. I walk into work and I'm so excited. We, we even had to sit down a round table just this last week thinking a month from now, how different it's going to be. And then six months from now, how it's going to be. A year from now, we just have all these plans. And the only thing that is tough about it is having to sit and wait. Oh, right. <laughs> especially, especially on like on days where I don't have to go in. 
it's like, man, I just wish I was like elbows deep trying to move this big thing in the kitchen across the other side of the kitchen because I know once that's done, it's going to be, you know, a big relief and everyone's going to be so stoked that we got this little chunk of this giant project done and <laughs> just one more thing of the hundred things to check off on the to-do list for mm. that day. And I walk in and I, and it's like, where do I want to start? Yeah. What, 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 what do I want to do? You know, cause we're still like, we're just testing the waters, getting our feet wet with our reopening right now. It's just like building that foundation. Man, that you, you're you making my brain bring so many things here. So what I'm hearing is you, you come alive in a work culture that gives you some ownership around your area. Like even, even the fact that you got to rearrange a corner of the restaurant, the one that you're going to be servicing or like make it how Kyle would want it so that Kyle can thrive like serving those people who are going to end up at those tables. I love the fact that they allow you that freedom and that they're building a work culture. Like I, it's so obvious to me that they're building a work culture around the team they have and around like vision casting into the future. Like what's it going to be like when we hit this milestone or this milestone beyond that? You, you were talking about how you like to be the kind of person who serves other people and in a good way is like infectious with the kind of positivity and the hope that you like to give like grumpy people at old Chicago. They're leaving now better after their night at old Chicago because Kyle was there to like work with them, talk with them, joke with them and get them comfortable and get them to a place where like they can leave their grumpy work uh, attitude behind or something like that. So you talk about restaurant service in a way that like, I haven't heard it on this podcast before, but I've heard people, you know, you ask, what do you, what do you do for work? And they're like, Oh, I'm a waiter. And that's like pretty yeah. much the whole thing because it's, it's just a job for them. But I can sense that there is so much energy behind like the connection aspect of working with people behind your attitude it's you, you could continue to talk about this forever and somebody would be like, man, it sounds like he just found what he loves to do. It's this people serving aspect to your attitude, even the way. OK, so I'm going to bring it back to high school. You and I yeah. for man, was it two years straight? We were in the same strength and conditioning class. I, I believe it was, man. Gosh, we had a lot of we had a lot of fun in that one. We had so much fun. <laughs> and. So I came out of like freshman and sophomore PE, like I'm never going to do this again. And then a couple weeks into junior year, I was like, oh my gosh, if I don't work out here at school, I'm never going to, and things are just going to get worse for me. So I signed up and we were in Mr. Hill's class together the rest yeah. of the coaches class. And, uh, you know, like compared to the rest of the group, I was definitely the bigger guy, a little slower. Like I remember like running our course for the mile, Mr. Hill would have me hold back so that like by the time everyone else got back, I had run what I could run. Everyone else finished the mile. And I'm not saying this to like throw a pity party or anything, but you in particular, man, you and I formed a relationship in there that I treasure to this day because I remember when conditioning days would come up on Tuesday and Thursday, you and I were <laughs> always trying to get hints from Mr. Hill's first period class. Like, is it a game day though? Are we going to play yep. games or are we just going to run? <laughs> <laughs> because it was so different. And I remember our thing in the hallway was just like shouting across the room, just like game day. Right. doesn't matter who was around, man. Once, nope. once we locked those eyes in the hallway, <laughs> it, it was just game day. Right. Just full. Just trying to manifest that, man. Right. Absolutely, man. And you do that so well. So you talking about your work at the Petroleum Club and like what gives you the juice about being there 
you're bringing me back even to those memories of like, that has always been how I've known you. You've always been the guy who's ready to pump some juice into the situation, give some positivity to those people who might feel discouraged or like, like they're not living up to the rest of the group or something. Right. So I just wanted to thank you for that experience in high school and just like (laughs) encourage you, man. Like I know, like we talked about college and like, you know, I don't really know what I want to do, but for now, man, it sounds like Kyle is doing exactly what he should be doing. It feels really good, man. And I, everything you just said, like, I, I thank you so much. It was really good to hear all that. Oh, so good. All right. So I want to open it up. I'm sure that had I asked this question earlier, we would have touched on baseball and we would have touched on what we just did about like work culture and positivity and all that. But so my favorite question is what could you think and talk about when you have nothing else to think and talk about? The generic version is what are you passionate about? So what gets you going? What do you think about all the time? I like to say that I am a big, I appreciate when I am able to find the joy in the little things. Mm. I'm I, like, I remember uh, or just a little er- earlier when I was talking about Yellowstone County, you know, driving over the river mm. on the bridge, you know, like I always try to at least get like a really, really good glance when I'm over top of that thing. I love doing it. I, I, I'll take the scenic route on the way home just so I can enjoy the views or you ever been in a driving home and a certain song comes on and you either drive the long way home or you just sit in the driveway and let the song finish. You know, yep. it's just like mm. enjoying those, those little things that help make you feel like you're not stuck in whatever, whatever is all around you. A billing isn't too big, but it still can have that tiring feel to it. Sure. And even last night when I was playing fetch with my dog, uh, I remember just the moon was out, man. And, I couldn't tell you how long I was just standing there staring at it, watching the clouds roll by. And then I realized that Dakota had been dropping his ball on my foot for like <laughs> three or four minutes. And I came back too because I was just so like in the moment of like looking at that perfect circle and wow. watching the clouds just drag across the sky, looking at that. I like getting caught in those those moments where you kind of forget how long a second is forget how long a minute is mm. uh, even last night i was coming home to download discord so we could have this chat today i was like yeah i'm gonna do that when i get home and then i saw my guitar dude and i was like oh just a couple of minutes and i was <laughs> yeah. on my guitar for like two hours dude man just that's straight jamming and then i realized oh it's kind of getting late like Oops. i should probably go get that downloaded <laughs> like i told him i would right losing yourself in the time in the moments finding yourself wrapped up in things i can easily do that you know uh with the guitar in my hand i can easily do that with uh, a pen a paper a compass even some paint, you know, um, I can kill a whole couple of days Yeah, working on, you know, just something that I saw just for a couple seconds when I was looking at a blank canvas, walking through the mountains. Uh, it's much easier when you got a 50, 60 pound pack on your back to just take a step, take a step, take a step. It takes some effort to look up and take in where you're at when you have all that on you. Wow. And my, my neck will hurt from trying to take in where I'm at all the time when I'm walking, you know, down a trail or even up a trail is even more difficult. Mm. Stopping every five to 10 minutes because I saw another picture 
that I could paint with my phone camera, getting lost doing that kind of thing where you kind of forget that back home, you know, you have a, a truck payment or uh, in three days, you got to make sure that you pay off the credit card that your cell phone bills on. And when you can find yourself away from those tethers and find yourself completely immersed, all those things will get me to the point of where I could say I'm, I'm being driven by passion. I'll go on a hike by myself for 30 minutes just to get to that knob over there. Cause I, I bet you when I get to the top of that knob, the view from there will be worth that walk over there. Yeah, Worth the price of admission trucks on the horizon behind me and over there. I can't see what's over there, but I know what what's over there is going to be cool. So like finding myself wrapped up, for those few moments, that's for me what it's what will drive a lot of uh, a lot of that creativity and uh, a lot of passion behind those two. Man, that speaks to so much practiced mindfulness that you have injected into the way you live your life. Where do you think you learned that, or did someone model that for you? <sighs> One of the biggest things that someone ever told me. Um, I was on the baseball mound. I just got put in from being behind the plate, got on the mound. And normally when I got on the mound, I was known for at least just throwing strikes. Like the team against me might hit my ball, but my defense would get them out, you know? Um, right. Yeah. Like, like seven, eight pitch innings a few times. Jeez. Jeez. Oh, okay. I threw a whole game in 57 pitches. Cause I was just, I throw <laughs> the ball and they pop it right up, throw oh the ball gosh. ground out. Wow. Uh, but one day, one day I got on the mound and I just wasn't, hitting the strike zone i think i like i threw like 14 15 pitches and walked two guys mm -hmm. coach studner doug studner um, i'm gonna call him one of the greatest mentors of my life he calls time and normally when coach calls time uh the infield and the catcher run onto the mound and there's like a little group huddle you know yes coach calls time uh once coach uh, officially makes that call he, he can cross the foul line and come onto the field he starts walking and the infield and the catcher start running in. He's like, no, you guys just stay back. And he walks right up to me. Mm. You know, the crowd's all there. Everybody's looking at us, you know, and he's walking right up to me. It's going to be a conversation between just me, just him in front of everybody. And I'm not doing good. I didn't, I mean, I knew he wasn't going to, you know, be mad and dang near cuss me out like I've had other coaches do in my life. Yeah. yeah, but still your heart sinks when he starts making that walk toward the mound. I was not looking forward to it, man. I, I didn't know if he was going to you know, take me out of the game. Yeah. You know, say, you, you, oh. you, you just don't have it today, whatnot. Mm. But he walks all the way to the mound. He grabs me by the shoulders, squares up with me, looks me in the eye, shakes my shoulders and says, Lucy Goosey, Melby, and walks away. <laughs> <laughs> and i think about that all the time that is a good coach dude yes uh, doug studner changed my life he, he was one of the people that his impact impacted me and that impact is i'm going to impact other people with the things that i learned from him gosh Lucy Goosey, man. Lucy Goosey, Melby, looking me right in the face, shaking my shoulders, you know, like not hard, but like he's physically got a it's good firm. grasp on both my shoulders. Yeah. Lucy Goosey and then walks away and I turn around and 
you know, I, I don't remember exactly how the game went, but I know that it went well. Right. Gosh. And that there would be other times, you know, where I, something I would be struggling or whatnot, and he would just yell it from the dugout later on in the season. Yeah. Just loosey-goosey, that's all I needed to hear. You know, take some of that weight off your shoulders, enjoy what you're doing, make sure that you got a little bit of a plan with what you got going on, but not so much that you're worried about everything. You're worried right. about all the outcomes and you're worried about this worried about that yeah yeah because you're getting if just, you're getting caught up too much in the future then you're not here to throw the next good strike right like exactly man, yeah i can totally relate to that you throw three balls and all of a sudden you're thinking like my team is going to be so disappointed when i walk this guy and now you're like already living as if your failure is true and that's exactly. that's no way to live that's no way to operate Take what's in front of you right now. Do your best with what you can right now. Know where you want to go, but don't be so caught up in that destination that, you know, enjoy the ride. Right. Lucy goosey. Oh, I'm one of the best people to take a road trip with because I enjoy the ride, man. A right. song comes on that I like, and you will know that I, I dig this Pump song. Pump it. Pump <laughs> it. Yes. Yes. Right. I may not be able to sing, but I'll, I'll sing to the point where everyone in the car is uncomfortable to where they'll start singing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. So what about some of your favorite hobbies? And like hobby is a weird word. It sounds like too cutesy of a word for what it actually represents. But how do you like spending your time? You've mentioned guitars already. You've mentioned uh, photography, like taking pictures. You mentioned painting, like anything else you want to add to that list? Yeah, man. Um. I love expressing myself, you know, taking pictures is a really fun way to do it because I can, I can usually find that uh, painting on my screen that I want to do. But a lot of the times getting to the places where I'm able to take the photo Mm. is, is even just as fun. I've got a couple of giant adventures that I do every year where, you know, you're going to be gone for two, three days you know, living out of a backpack, roughing it just so you can get to this, this spot. And there's been times where I hiked all the way to, you know, these lakes. And by the time I get there and I hang out, I might throw my fishing line in for a little while, but I'm just so happy that I made it there. The journey to get to some of those spots is, is just as fun as telling people about it. And, um, taking the pictures while I'm there is just the best way that I can bring a little bit of that back home with me. I like go into places that some places some people may never get the chance to yeah some people have never even heard of you know i, I got one that i was going to do last week that the only way that i know of the lake is that it's called secret lake and that when i go there i'm not supposed to show anyone else how to get there kind of thing i ended up we ended up canning that trip because we had a another project that we were finishing up mm. but um going to do things that are going to make the memories that I can hold on to. And and I feel so fortunate enough that I've got an eye for taking the pictures because I I can't remember all the concerts that I've been to. I can't remember all the lakes that I've been to, but I usually take at least enough footage that when I'm going through my album of thousands and thousands of pictures, looking for that one picture from that one time, Mm. it's like scrolling through memory lane and I'm getting flooded with all these good, good times 
I just remember, you know, uh, me and my buddy Kent, when we go on these hikes, sometimes they are so rough. We call them smile miles because you got to enjoy them or else they're going to suck. <laughs> smile. Yes. Smile miles. Uh, we, we have a few sayings to help us remember that it may suck right now and it may suck for the next couple of few hours. Whoa. but. It's going to be so good when we finally get the tent set up or the hammock set up, the fire going. Really big and passionate about getting out and getting lost. Uh, I know we talked a little bit earlier about, you know, uh, the things that make you feel that way. And uh, hiking, hiking is definitely a big one for me. Um, I grew up hunting a lot with my dad. Okay, yeah. Getting lost out there. Uh, I always thought that I was, you know, like the only well, the only person out there in some of these places when you know, we were three and a half hours north of town looking for an elk or looking for a muley buck and you wouldn't see another human being for the three days that we were gone, even though we put an extra 80 to 100 miles driving around to different mm. spots to walk in at. Right. It's yeah. just so big, yeah. you know, and living in those moments out there. Um, I'm I'm definitely all about the feelings that you get when you're when you're lost out there, especially when you're doing something that's so good for the family, you know, bringing home, you shoot an elk and, you know, that's a ton of meat. You can have dinner off of that for a long time. Absolutely. And the tough and hard work that comes with it. I grew up having to appreciate that because uh, it was almost every weekend of hunting season growing up. I, di I didn't play football. I wasn't even able to play football up until high school because I had, you know, some things going on with my knees and whatnot. So I, I, mm -hmm. I never played little guy with, with all of my buddies who mm -hmm. was up where I was playing football. Mm -hmm. I was gone every weekend looking for dinner for the next, you know, a few months. Right. Yeah. Very, very young age got, uh, got thrown into the hunting mix. Uh, some of my earliest memories are sitting in a, a tree stand with my dad and his bow just being quiet for hours mm. and i always thought man we're just wasting all this time and then a few times a season you know it, i know a doe would come out in the perfect spot and i'd just see my dad drop with his bow and like whoa like that was the coolest thing i've ever seen and i'm like six seven years old right oh man and eventually my own love started for for uh hunting and the pursuit and just out there and I have such a respect for those animals that live out in the wild because there's times, you know, where I've been, you know, three, four hours away freezing my butt off trying mm -hmm. to find something. There's been times where I've been 15 minutes out of Billings freezing my butt off just trying to find something. And those animals don't get to go home, you know, that, that right. that's where they're at. And I'm yeah, they don't there. have furnaces or fireplaces or sweaters. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunate for them too, man. Cause I cannot wait to get my cold wet boots off and go like jump in a right. hot shower. And <laughs> right. But when I'm out there, I, I, I just feel like so well connected to everything else for the lack of something more specific. You're, you're there, you're in it. It's wild. Yeah. You're part of it. Yeah. You're, you're out there experiencing it and time goes by slower when you're, you know, walking around being quiet, making sure you don't step on a a pine cone or a thing of dead pine needles when you're walking into a goalie looking to hopefully, you know, find a, a herd of elk that's taken some shade for the day. Right. Wow. The things that make you kind of forget the things that hold you down around here. I mentioned earlier, you know, like the recurring cell phone bill every month, make sure you make, you know, the payment on your vehicle. Mm -hmm. Oh, here comes rent on the first when, when you're out. And that's not even the last thing on your mind. That's not even in your mind, you know? Right. 
Yeah, so many Those other things, things are present you to you. Wow, man. This has been <laughs> such a fun conversation for me. I've flipping, I've loved it. I've loved every minute of it. I'm digging it too, Steven. I am conscious of the fact that we're coming up on the end of our time here. To uh, get us closer to wrapping up, do you like to follow any particular morning or evening routines on a daily basis? Uh, I can say the thing that I do most often in the mornings, mm-hmm. like consistently every day, is do like a good 30-minute fetch session with my dog. Yes, right. He is a maniac for his ball, and <laughs> I love going out there and just hucking it with the chuck it as far as I can right. and letting him come bring it back. Uh, he, he's really smart. He knows, uh, you know, what in my hand means, uh, you know, he comes standing to my leg. If I'm sitting there like staring wow. at the moon, like I was, uh, the other day, yeah. like, like, like he'll throw that thing like directly onto your feet to get your attention. He's, he's my, like my best non-human friend for sure. Right. Yeah. So introduce me to him a little more. You, you said his name was Dakota. Yeah. His name's Dakota. He's a, we call him a keychain black lab. He's like oh. 50 pounds. Uh, you know, okay. our last black lab that we had was like a hundred pounds. So he, we call him a keychain lab. He's super energetic, super smart. Yeah. He's got a hashtag actually. Does he really? What is it? Yeah. It's Dakota Gene Simmons. You know, you know who Gene Simmons is from Kiss? Yes, I do. You're the guy with the super long tongue. This is powerful. Dude, <laughs> Dakota's got the longest tongue I've ever seen in a dog. Oh, man. And he's also one of the smaller dogs yeah. <laughs> that I know. He's just got this monumental tongue. He could snipe you from the other side of the couch with a kiss. Yes. Yeah, uh, he's... he's he is such a good good boy. We we vibe together so well. Yeah. You know, the even the unspoken communication. He knows what the next move is. When, oh, of course he does. When I'm throwing, you know, like my backpack into the truck, he knows that we're going out for a couple of days. Or, right. How old is he? Yeah, he's going to be five uh, on Thanksgiving this year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he was born on Thanksgiving five years ago, and it's, I think it's happening again this year on Thanksgiving. Coming back around. Man, that's so yeah. good. I remember the first day we got him, just a itty, itty bitty little guy. He, he's been spoiled, but not rotten from the get go. Sure. I remember sitting there holding him, watching the Vikings play in a playoff game. And we were about to win the playoff game and Blair Walsh missed an easy field goal. and We lost. And I'm like, I'm holding this dog. I'm like, I'm, if I wasn't holding him, I'd be pissed off, you know, but I'm holding <laughs> to a guy like, it's going to be okay. Right. It, well, there's always next season as the Vikings say. Oh man. Well, oh. <laughs> well, and you're making me think too with, with a puppy and even with a, any dog, it doesn't have to be a puppy, but with a dog, man, they train this attitude of be in the moment, be present because that's all a dog is. They're not worried. They're, they're not worried about yesterday. They're not worried about tomorrow. It's like they're here now. They want to give you a kiss. They want to play the game. Yep. Just they, join they, them They love here. hanging out. Right. Yes. Okay. So uh, to wrap us up with some closing questions here, I'm curious to ask what you're currently reading. You've mentioned The Alchemist already. Anything else on the list? Um, I've been scooping up every time that I'm in Walmart. I grab the new National Geographics. Oh, there you go. And yeah. When I'm in the store, uh, I'll look at all those magazines. I love going through like history and 
Right. Uh, you know, it blows my mind, you know, all the things like all the pyramids and stuff that are across the world. So if I like see any articles, even like on the internet, you bet that I'll sit down for, you know, the next 15 to 20 minutes and read and dig in. Yeah. What are you currently listening to? Let's start with music. What do you bring up when you open something like Spotify? Or- all right. Um, music for me is a pretty uh, wide, broad subject. The, mm-hmm. o- the only thing that I really don't get down to is like that new poppy country. Okay. Yeah. If I'm going to be like looking up music, it's usually something that's going to have something to do with my mood. And I'd say my two biggest playlists are reggae mm. and pretty much uh, electronic music and electronic music is a whole nother big page. Um, I like stuff that will bring you through a thought process and like, let's go back to like reggae. I have got so many CDs and albums in my truck of, you know, there's not a bad song on there and every song has got a good message. Right. And before too long, after you listen to it a few times, you know, you can't, it kind of gets ingrained into you and, there's so many good lessons inside the music, mm-hmm. just the positivity and the messages uh, of that kind of stuff. And then to go back to, you know, the electronic side, when somebody can create these sounds that are so pleasing to, let's just say, my opinionated ear, once I can find like an artist or a sound that I resonate with, I, you know, I realize how much time they put into it. And then I realize how much it's doing for me and however many thousands of other listeners of theirs. Um, I can listen to an an album that doesn't have a single word on it and get just as much enjoyment of it as, you know, lyrics that come with a lot of the, like the reggae that I listen to. Yeah, absolutely. Man, that's so good. All right. Well, so that was music. Do you listen to much podcasts? You know, I haven't listened to too many podcasts. I did listen to uh, yours with Ayla, and I listened to yours with Nathan. Oh, cool, yeah. When you invited me on to here, mm. and going through the list and seeing all the other people, uh, there was a couple more people that I knew that are on my list to listen to from you. Sweet. And a couple people on there that seemed interesting that I would love to listen to. Other than that, I've listened to a couple of uh, like uh, the Joe Rogan podcast, because people at work had told me to, you know, uh, yeah. listen, to, listen yep. to them or, th- or they'd listen to Joe Rogan all day instead of music in their earbuds. So yep. I've done that for a little while, Okay, but I, I can't say that my podcasts have been super versed up on. Well, so, the, okay. So that was what, that's what you listened to. And I think we already touched on like what you're currently watching. That was like Avatar, the last airbender, legend of Korra, kind of in that vein of shows. Do you, do you watch anything else right now? Um, as of right now, uh, when me and my lady get done uh, doing what we're doing for the day, we're just trying to knock out the last uh, chapter of Korra. Nice. I never really was a big uh, movie buff, TV show buff, but I really did enjoy Vikings. Um, I watched that last summer. Oh, yeah. Beginning yeah. to end. I did do Dexter. Yeah. Uh, I did like that one. Sure. I just really don't know... Uh, you know, I don't know what's out there. Um, I've never really scrolled around on Netflix. I right. ne- I couldn't stand sitting in front of a TV when I was, you know, a kid. I was always wanting, you know, can I please stay out past dark playing over at this kid's house? You know, yeah. Uh, never was uh, big on to the screen time. And now that I've like slowly dipped my feet into it, like Vikings blew me out of the water for the first couple of seasons. Uh, sure. Yeah, and it sounds like you spend so much more of your time trying to, like, do things, right? The hiking, the hunting, the guitar playing, the just all sorts of stuff that you, in, you would rather be engaged in that 
engagement yes that that's a good word it keeps you moving it it keeps you yeah engaged like you're not just there consuming something you're there to participate in the moment right yeah wowzers kyle this has been such a good conversation i'm so glad we did this thank you so much dude i am so grateful that you you reached out and gave me the opportunity to chat with you today man it's been an absolute blast i want to give you the last word here And I'm wondering if you would read our favorite quote for the podcast. Absolutely. The only normal people you know are the ones you don't know very well. 